all the football games that was watched, and hopefully all the sleep that you got, probably not, but Happy New Year. This morning, I want to give you something that is very dear to my heart, and I call it a New Year's service. We have understood in the last couple years of the prophetic word that's been proclaimed to us, over us, through us, regarding breakthrough and being a breakthrough decade. This year being a major year that has produced much in all of our lives. Not to say that we didn't have difficulties, that we didn't have tribulation this year. Uh, in areas, our families, business, jobs, wherever it may be. But I want to give you something that's dear to my heart, that's something that happened to me, and uh, I found a cure of a world-like thinking because of the revelation that I received. And I want to share it with you. It's very simple. It's, it's something that basically we all know. But I'm talking to you about a depth. I, I believe that all of us uh, can have in our life. And, and it's a real revelation. I, I'm not giving you a New Year's resolution where you commit to improve in areas of your life, but a New Year's revelation that will help a breakthrough in your hearts and your minds and the way you think in handling life and how I handle life. And it's not because uh, I'm more mature than anybody else and more spiritually mature. There's a lot of people more spiritually mature than me, and I'm still growing. But it's something I want to give you that I believe will absolutely change the way you think. But before that, I want to welcome my daughter and uh, son-in-law, Peter and Jill. And their two beautiful children, Bonnie and Bridget, are next door with the kids. And uh, I love these two. I'm very proud of them. They pastor a church in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. And uh, they came here to get our sunshine. But uh, it's great to have them with us. I also want to uh, say to you, it is such a privilege for my wife and I this year to be your pastors. And Terry and I want to thank you um, because you change our lives. You you better, you enhance our lives because of you and your giftings. And so I celebrate this year of the intimacy of, of worshiping God together and what a joy that is and, and a lot of fun that we've had. We've had a lot of laughter and, and we've faced some challenges, uh, losses of life, and we've come together and we have really uh, celebrated one another and, and celebrated the giftings that you have and received the giftings um, that you uh, lived out because God had granted you and anointed you with those. And thank you for being so special. Personally, you have loved God 
with your callings. I've watched that. It, it is amazing to me as a pastor to watch people and their callings and how they love God and how the personality that you have just enhances that, that God gave you, the giftings that God gave you and how you just step into that. And some, some of us have learned to step out of insecurity into a security of our calls. And so congratulations in, in doing that. But you have worked with us, Terry and I, and you have loved us. We've enjoyed this, this Christmas season, uh, your children uh, in the musical. We've enjoyed so many things. Tonight, we're going to finish our year in... Uh, finish it out with worship. And so we're going to gather together and, and for about an hour, uh, we will just worship the Lord and, and close this year. But here's a revelation um, that I'm going to give you by using a question. How do I know God loves me? In Proverbs 20, 24, it says, a person's steps are directed of the Lord how then can anyone understand their own way? We have learned through Scripture of how God, the Holy Spirit, has directed our paths. We have dug deep through discipleship. We have moved into so many different areas, not basically new, but greater areas of our lives. And because of that, we have recognized some things, but in my life, something happened. It happened to me, and I found, like I said earlier, a cure. It's personal to me. This is how I feel in every situation of my life. This is the basis. This is the, the focus that I have whether what happens is good, whether what happens is not so good, this is how I feel, that there is a God that loves me. And I want you to understand, and today I'm going to give you some questions, and we're going to give two answers to three questions. But I, I, I want you to recognize that God really loves you. And my goal today, my premise today is, is to get you to understand is everything that I face and that I do, I do with the understanding and the thinking, God loves me. If you're going to have a worldview, by the way, welcome all those that are watching online. If you're going to have a worldview that helps your soul by the way you think, and what I'm talking about, that God loves me, you need to address without Christ origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. I'll say that again. Origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. So is it possible in the speaking of myself also, 99% of all knowledge that we don't possess, that God exists, and then that God loves you. 
that God exists and that God loves you. I can tell you that there is a God because I met him. I've experienced him. I talk with him. I know he loves me. And I know even if you're listening to me and you don't realize it, I know that he loves you. So here's the question. How do I know God loves me? In John chapter 11, it's a familiar story of Lazarus being sick, dying, and then being raised from the dead. And what I just said is, in most cases, what we think about when we read the story. That Lazarus was sick, Lazarus died, but then Jesus raised him from the dead. But I want you to look a little bit deeper with the premise of, how do I know that God loves me? In verse 1 of John 11, it says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother, Lazarus, was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Notice, he whom you love is sick. They didn't even say Lazarus' name. Think about that. He knew because Mary and Martha sent the message, basically, that it was Lazarus. But notice again, he whom he loved. Verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, the next two verses to me are extremely important. Verse 5, now Jesus, notice what it says, loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now again, here it is. How do I know that God loves me? Now it's expressively telling us that Jesus loved them all in the story. But look at verse 6 carefully. So, when he heard that he was sick, Jesus rushed right over. Does it say that? All right. It says he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And that place was Judea. So to me, it's expressing the love of God towards them or towards us, but it makes no sense in the natural Jesus' reaction 
because he loved them. But his reaction showed something that was opposite of loving them. It doesn't say he loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, so he rushed right over because he was sick, or to get there quicker, he called an Uber. It says Jesus stayed two more days. The scripture seems to me like it should say he loved them, but he had to stay two more days. Something happened that held him up. But it doesn't say that, does it? It says again, he loved them, so he stayed two more days. So, my question, why did he stay two more days? Another question, why would it say he loved them, and then it says he stayed two more days? See, I'm trying to get to a point here. I'm, I'm trying to let you understand, sometimes in life, life doesn't seem like it's going the way it should go. Sometimes it seems like, God, where are you in this situation? So let's look at it with spiritual eyes. Let's let's begin to understand what is being uh, taught to us in this message. Jesus loved them, so he stayed two more days. So you need to ask, why did that happen? In this passage, listen very closely, there is an earthly conversation and a heavenly conversation going on. I'll say it again. In this passage, in this story, what we are learning, God loves us, but in many instances, there is an earthly conversation happening, and there's a heavenly conversation going on. We must always realize there is an earthly conversation in our lives going on. And also, in our walk in the kingdom of God, there is always a heavenly conversation going on in our lives. And what are we looking at? What are we leaning on? Now, I told you at the beginning is the reality, and and I'm I'm wanting to bring you into a a breakthrough. I I want you to... Uh, begin to step into the new year, not with a great, great revelation in your life, and you're just going to be able to just go through this, and everything's just going to line up and align, and all the different. No, I'm asking you: Do you really base your thinking of every situation in your life that God really loves you, or how come God? is not doing this, or how come God is doing this? And again, we're talking about an earthly conversation and a heavenly conversation. See, the problem is, 
we get caught up too many times in the earthly conversation instead of being caught up in the heavenly conversation. Like, when will I be healed? When will I get a raise at work? When will this political stuff change? We saw during the COVID time people actually changing churches because of politics. Not church politics, but world politics. Statistics shows that 10% of a congregation changed because of politics during COVID. Were they listening to a heavenly? People are led of God. People are led to change. But were they listening to a heavenly conversation or were they listening to an earthly conversation? In John 11, 11, it says, these things he said, and after that he said to, to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps. So I want you to understand Mary and Martha and Jesus, the disciples, John was there because he recorded this saying. And what John was trying to bring to us, I believe, recording what was said, but also recording it so that we would understand what I just told you, earthly, heavenly. Our friend Jesus, our friend Lazarus sleeps. That's heavenly language for Lazarus is dead. Verse 11 continued. Jesus then said, but I go that I may wake him up. That's heavenly language for raise the dude from the dead. Verse 11 again. These things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Verse 12, then the disciples said, those great orators of the word that been with Jesus all this time, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. That's earthly language. He's resting and in a couple days, he'll feel better. See, the disciples are on an earthly thought process, and Jesus is on a heavenly process. In your life right now, Jesus is on a heavenly process with you. But my question to you, and this is going to help you to understand that, how do I know that Jesus loves me? This is what we're answering here. But in this story, Jesus is on a heavenly process in your destiny. But are you trying to get there with an earthly thought process? Are you trying to get there by uh, a New Year's resolution? When I read you in Proverbs, it's God that directs us. I'm not against resolutions because they're basically, it's a faith proclamation in your own life. And it's good. 
So don't, don't get me. I love Christmas. I love New Year's because God is the one that changed seasons. Day and night, sun, dark. He, he changed seasons because he knew he created us to be able to uh, start, end, start, end, start, end in life, in many areas of our life. So it's good that we, we have the end of the year and we come together and we gather. But I'm, I'm asking you, in our thinking, not because we don't know it, but because the lack of depth of understanding that God really loves us, do we make decisions, do we take our next step based on an earthly conversation? Verse 13. John gets it. And then he tells us, however, Jesus spoke of his death. He, he wrote, I, I just want to tell you, he goes, oh, I get it, Jesus. All his disciples right there. And guys, Jesus is speaking of his death, not that he's sleeping. Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Can I ask some of you, have you ever been to a place where you're trying to figure something out and it's just like the Holy Spirit just goes boom and just gives you like, come on. This is where I'm taking you because our thoughts are way over here and it's not on what God is saying to us. Because life is dealing us dirty sometimes. And our emotions are overwhelming. And we're trying to figure out, we're running businesses, we're, we're, uh, we got our homes, our children, these things are, everything's going on. And all our thoughts are based upon what's happening instead of what God was saying and the process he's taking us through. Well, let's go on. So here's my thought from what we read. I think we have a tendency to have earthly discussions about heavenly issues. Okay, I'll say it this way. For a long time in my life, I had a tendency to have earthly discussions about heavenly issues. And what helped transform my thinking is I base everything that I do and that I say 98% of the time on that I know that God loves me. We are experiencing and praying for breakthrough, healing in our lives, our businesses to prosper, finances. We're praying for our church. You're watching online. You attend another church. You're praying for your church. Our government, our marriages, our families, Israel, all these things that are going on, and we're, we're believing God for breakthrough. So in the story of Lazarus, when we get to heaven and ask Jesus with Mary and Martha and John, who wrote this book, we ask him this question. Why did you wait two days after you heard Lazarus was sick? Here's what I believe Jesus' answer will be. Because I love you. 
See, our brains go to, but what if what this is happening? And what? Because I love you. He's taking you through a process. And, and we're, we're going to cover this question, but in many instances we struggle because we're thinking that because the simplicity of because I love you and we're going through a process, God's promises are yea and amen. He's not a liar. We're faith people. We, we do all these different things. But in this process, how are we thinking? Are we thinking this ogre God is paying me back or are we thinking God loves me? And this situation I'm in will not defeat me, not because I'm strong, which you are in Christ, strengthened in Christ, but it's just bottom line in our thinking, it's because God loves you. And right, you may have made wrong decisions. You may have made right decisions. But there, in this life, there, there is heavenly thinking, and God knows all things, 100% of knowledge, and we know maybe 1% of all knowledge. And, and he's taking us through this. He knows, and he's wanting us to think heavenly thoughts in the process. And the basis is God loves you. Let's, let's go a little bit further with these questions in a moment. In everything you're going through or, or what's going on in your life and for the new year, John 11, 5 and 6 is really saying to us, why don't you ask the Holy Spirit the question, what are you doing in my life right now? Yeah, you got this that you're facing, but what are you doing in, your, in my life right now? What are you showing me? What are you taking me through? What This breakthrough, what are you taking me through? So let me tell you, before you, you, know, you ask that question, what are you doing in my life right now? Let me tell you before you get his answer, this is the answer. It's because... Jesus talking, I love you. I wonder in your lives that Jesus is doing something, listen closely, that's unprecedented and he's never done before. Unprecedented and he's never done before in your life. And you're still having earthly conversations with him or with those close to you? Are you seeing? Now, that was just my introduction. But the questions I'll answer quickly, okay? So I'm not going to go that long. Three questions to God. Here's the first question. God, why did you create pain? His answer to some of the pain you're facing in life because I love you. I know that's hard to hear. Some of you are thinking, I don't understand this. Pain is to keep us from hurting ourselves more. 
I used this illustration uh, before, but let me just tell you one other thing. I was closing the door uh, a while ago, and I felt this pressure on my fingers. I had my finger in the door jam. And if I didn't feel the pain that was starting, I wouldn't have recognized it. If I didn't feel that pain, I would have smashed my finger in the door or broken a bone. An illustration I've used before, remember about the lepers or Hansen's disease, basically kills the nerves so you don't feel pain. And what lepers would do is they would injure themselves because they didn't feel pain and the injury would become infected and the infection then began eating away at flesh. Lepers would lose their fingers and toes and people thought it was because of the bacteria, because of leprosy. That's not true, we found out. It was the infection from them hurting themselves because they didn't feel pain. In the 70s, they put cameras in the rooms of lepers, and this is kind of tough to hear, but they would injure themselves, and they'd have open wounds on their fingers and their appendages, and rats were coming in their rooms while they were sleeping and eating their fingers and toes because they couldn't feel it. The doctor literally gave, after that, each leper a cat. So that wouldn't happen. There was a professional basketball player who who signed a contract, and the contract was for a lot of money. And the doctor gave him a paint shot because he... he, um, injured himself, his ankle, gave him a pain shot, and he ran up and down the court a few times. The ankle broke, and it ended up ending his career. Why? Because he didn't feel pain. Dr. Bran, and this was in India where these lepers were, he invented some gloves that would make a sound if something would put pressure on the fingers or the feet, okay? But the lepers, because they wanted to work and they knew, you know, they, they wanted to make money and, and, and different things, they would hear the sound and they would begin to ignore pain. Then what he would do is he'd put something on their, on their hands so that if they would uh, hit something or whatever, they'd feel pain and, and because there would be a wire that would be on the back of the neck because that's the last place where the nerves would die. And so they'd get a shock and they would know that, that something uh, would, was hurting them or there was pressure or pain beginning to happen that we normally would feel. But they would unplug it because they thought they could get the work done. The doctor who took care of the lepers said the suicide rate was very high among the lepers that he was trying to help. But he came to the conclusion, and here's the conclusion. We're asking the question, why pain? If they couldn't feel pain, 
then they couldn't feel pleasure either. We always focus on the pain aspect of life. But if they couldn't feel pain, they couldn't feel pleasure. They couldn't feel if someone hugged them. They couldn't feel if someone patted them on the back. The same nerves that allowed them to feel pain allowed them to feel pleasure. So the first question is, why did God create pain? The answer, I love you and don't want you to hurt anymore. It is a recognition of that God loves you and then maybe the pain that we're facing, that we're going the wrong direction because we're having earthly conversations about the situation and we're not hearing God. And pain begins to take place in our life and God is saying, come to me. He even said, I will heal you physically, but he wants to heal you emotionally. He wants to remove that pain that you have from your childhood. Psychological things. And we need to recognize it, but instead of having earthly conversations, we have to have heavenly conversations. God loves me, so God, what do you want me to do in this situation? Breakthrough we're talking about. Here's the second question. God, why did you create suffering? Or why did you create suffering, God? God's answer, I didn't create suffering. Suffering entered the world when sin entered the world. When sin entered the world, sickness, disease, poverty, war, injustice, COVID-19, bottom line, evil entered the world. God did not create all this to bring judgment into the world because John 3, 16, 17, listen, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God loves us and he wants to save us. Wherever you are at in life, if you're watching online, wherever you are at in life, Someone here, you're, you're contemplating hurting yourself. Wherever you're at, whatever your thinking is, you must understand that there is a God. Of all the morality you're trying to figure out in your life and identity, God loves you and he created you. Don't hurt yourself. Let this new year be a breakthrough. Let this new year be a breakthrough that God loves you in the midst of every situation you're in. Again, to you who don't know Jesus Christ, you think, why does God do all this injustice? Believing he is not a loving God and saying, is this the the best God can do? We hear it all the time. I say to that, no, this is really the best you can do. God loves you. Begin to listen to the heavenly conversation that God loves you. Here's a statement. If God made a mistake creating us, but he didn't make a mistake, but if he did, 
it would have been giving us a free will. That's what causes the problems. If your friend did you wrong, it's not because God allowed it. Your friend has a free will. Your ex-spouse has a free will. Your children have a free will. Suffering comes because mankind has a free will and chooses not to do it God's way and realize that God loves them. In Christianity today, you see many Christians that struggle in life, struggle with sin. And they struggle with sin because their earthly conversations, they're trying to break through and they're blaming God when God says, I love you. Why did God wait two days? Some of us have been waiting over a year, two years, three years for a situation to change. My question to you through the whole process, have you been having earthly conversations and not hearing what God's saying to you? We should wake up every morning with this old song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells us so. I pray that tomorrow, the new year, that would be a revelation to you in a greater way that Jesus loves you and me. Don't allow life to ever change that thinking. What brought a cure to me was that every single day I know my God loves me. So why did God create suffering? He didn't. He did not. Here's the third. God, why did you suffer? Here's one of the greatest truths. The the creator became the creation. He didn't exempt himself from suffering. So the question, God, why did you suffer? And the answer is, because I love you. So the two answers I gave you to three questions will answer almost every one of your why questions in life and in your new year. Here's the two answers. Because God loves you, or let's get it personal, because from God, I love you, first answer. And the second answer, I didn't. I did not. See, we have, why did you do this, God? His answer is, I didn't do that. Doesn't bother him to be accused. He didn't do it. Another question. God, why are you allowing this? I didn't do that, but I want you to know I love you, and I'm going to take you through it. You're going to get through it. You're going to break through 
into every area of your life. Why? Because you've changed to a depth of thinking, God really loves me. And because he loves me, in spite of what this world, free will world has, evil has, he will take me through it. But my place is thinking that he loves me. And then changing my earthly conversation to heavenly conversation. Can we all stand, please? So wherever you are at today, whatever you're believing for, Please know, God loves you. And because of that belief, you can break through in 2024. And listen to this cliche, but I believe it's led of the Holy Spirit. And change your world. I'm not talking, see, earthly conversations is I'm going to do something and change the whole world. No, change your world. And it begins in here. It begins right here, which then goes here. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your pastor loves you too. I believe in you. You're gifted. You're anointed of God. But choose you this day. The simplicity. Listen to this over and over, this message. But get yourself to a place that you love God and know that he loves you. Why did he wait two days? To glorify God. Why are you going through the process you're going through? You're going to glorify God. Your life will not only be changed because of heavenly conversation, but your life will change others and will bring glory to the Lord. Can I pray with you? In Jesus' name, I proclaim just an amazing blessing over Valley Community Church, VFAM. Lord, that there would just be uh, an amazing move of the Holy Spirit, not only in corporate church, but in our homes, our families, but especially us as individuals. Father, I come in agreement with my brothers and sisters that we will change our world and it begins with us. God loves me because the Bible tells me. If you are listening online and you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, 
the deception of the world has just absolutely caused you to think that this ogre God is, is doing all this stuff in your life. Why didn't he intervene? The God of 100% knowledge, all knowledge, all wisdom, is taking you through a process to a destiny that is full of joy. And if you're here and if you're listening and you don't know Jesus Christ, Scripture tells us to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. And then you begin that heavenly process, learning how to live that life. Father, restore, heal. Lord, recharge in our hearts and our minds the vision that you've given us years ago. The passion for that vision, recharge that now in Jesus' name. I proclaim healing in our homes. I proclaim healing in every area we touch. Align us, Lord, to what you are saying. Give us the revelation that John got when he was listening to Jesus and writing it down. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. If you would with me, uh, I just can't wait for this evening to end the year with worship. I pray that you uh, would record that football game, whatever you need to do, and come and join us. It's going to be a great time. I'm going to be able to walk around and fellowship. I'm just going to hang out with you. I'm going to be part of the congregation uh, this evening. God bless you. Have an amazing afternoon. We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock.